Welcome to Blues Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Martini. And what it do? I'm back. <laughs> and Chris is back. I'm filling in for Jeff Ponder. <laughs> That's how we're doing it this week. <laughs> so Chris is finally back from, well, one week was out of town. Yeah. was travel. Second week, week was supposed to be out of town. Ended up being just sick as hell. As the uh, plague hit Chris. Oh, dude. For those of you who are going through the flu, I feel you. But... This is my non-paid endorsement for Tamiflu because, damn, it's expensive, but it is so worth it. I got officially diagnosed on Monday night. I took two doses. Like, the first one knocked me out. I think I slept for 12 hours. Took the second dose, and I felt so much better. So, Chris is back. And, unfortunately, you come back when the Blues are on. I guess you can sort of a down, down period. The Blues are playing like I was feeling. Yes, and... You know, a lot of uh, people freaking out. We're here to calm those fears. Coffee is for closers, kids. Coffee yeah. is for closers. So, unfortunately, some old issues have crept their way back into the Blues uh, playing style yeah. this uh, last couple games. So, we only have two games to go over since uh, recording a little bit earlier than normal uh, than we had before. Christmas and stuff. Christmas and stuff. So, we're just going to we just have the two word games to go over, and me and Chris are going to go be watching the third road game where the blues are taking on the Colorado avalanche tonight. Yep. So coming to you with the 23rd. So, uh, happy holidays to everybody out there. So whatever you're celebrating, be Christmas, Hanukkah, Hanukkah Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa, and today's Festivus technically. It is the Festivus. It's, it's a Festivus for the, for the rest, rest of us. us. Everyone enjoy your Festivus bowl and yeah. feats of strength. Are we doing our feats of strength tonight? We should. <laughs> but our feats of strength should just be everybody tackles our friend Josh. Yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> That'd be interesting. What we should do, you know what we should do is go to the one guy in our group who's not hanging out with us tonight and just like ambush his house like SEAL Team Six style, coming through the windows <laughs> just, <laughs> just to attack him, attack him out, take him out. We'll do it right in front of his kid, yeah. Daddy. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so anyway, so got two games to go over this week, and just we'll do a couple of NHL talk, and we're gonna throw it out to you guys because we're gonna bring back our favorite segment on the next. Podcast. Oh, here we go. So we'll we'll give you that, guys, later. So let's go into the first game this week. So the Blues coming off a big game on Tuesday night. Huge game. That they wound up uh, beating, rallying to beat the Kings 5-2. to two. Everything's happy. The Blues basically called this a mini playoff. So yeah. uh, it felt like that, too, watching it the really first did. game. So. Both games felt – you could see probably – I think the physicality obviously was a, a bigger component in the game that we're going to talk about, but I would agree with that. Both of these games felt like they were small, concise playoff series. So Blues go to L.A. where they have not been successful, to say the least. You so, could just say the Blues go to the state of California where they've not been where successful. Where I believe the stat that I uh, saw, let me pull this up again, that the Blues under Ken Hitchcock against the three California teams when they are at home since he's taken over – Oh, including playoffs. Oh, 26 and 2. That's in California. Right? In California. So we're talking Anaheim, uh, LA, LA, San Jose. San Jose. Mind you, we've beaten these teams at home. Like we've a beat, lot. We've beaten Anaheim at home this year on a shutout. We just beat the Kings at home. We beat the Sharks and, in the playoff series. Yeah. So they all, all those games were home wins, though. Yep. It's true. So, but. Well, not all. Not all. We beat the Sharks one game in San Jose. That's didn't true. We? So that stat must be off. Then, so it's at least off by one. one. Maybe so it's regular maybe, season stat. Yeah, maybe it could be regular. So I thought I said including playoffs, but I'll have to go back and relook that up. So let's get into this game where it started off as a pretty Great. back and forth game to start, and then the Blues break through first on a power play. David Backus gets the nice tipping goal uh, at the thirteen twelve mark. Like I said, a power play goal is eighth of the year. From Jay Bo Meester and Alex Petrangelo. Who were split up for this game, I believe? Later in the game. Yeah. They were split up and then reunited. 
Uh, there, that was actually uh, the San Jose game. Okay. This way we're officially um, split up. You know, it was – the thing that was nice to see about this game was uh, on the heels of the Tuesday night game where the beginning seemed the same, um, the Blues came through first for a change, which doesn't seem to happen a lot, especially not against these California teams. It seems like the Blues, even when we win – are having to scratch and claw from behind. Yep. So it was nice to see this team playing with the lead for a change. Yep. So, um, and also of note that uh, Martin Brodeur was in goal for this one yep. instead of Jake Allen. So still kind of doing a split. I think it's more to keep Jake Allen fresh. I agree. Not, and not trying to give the job to Brodeur or whatever I people are saying. I totally agree. So um, the next uh, goal, uh, Dimitri Askin gets the uh, tipping goal. Uh, his second of the season. He just got called up due yep. to the Jaden Schwartz injury that we went over on the last podcast. At the fourteen twenty three mark, Yaskin is second of the year from Pateri Lindbaum and uh, Patrick Berglund. Lindbaum, his first NHL point. Yep. So that was pretty awesome to see. And he pretty much has taken over the sixth defenseman role from Ian Cole, who was once again sitting this game. I'm all right with that. So uh, we'll get into some uh, you know player movement after we go over the games. But uh, nice to see Limbaum. I think has played really well. Has a little bit of edge to his game. Yeah, I agree. Has a good shot. Um, you know, he's made the rookie mistakes here and there, but they haven't been too glaring, honestly. Which, uh, which can say, Ian Cole for having pretty decent stats, honestly, this year has a be- second best plus minus on the team, which is weird. It's only been on the goal ice for seven goals against. Believe it or not, uh, when I was reading the stat today, do you think? But that has but I think his do- mistakes have been glaring. Right, that's the problem. I was going to say, do you think that that has more to do with his limited ice time than it does his ability? It could be. I mean, being the, the sixth first, role. That's the first thing that sticks out to me is like, okay, he's only been on the goal for on the ice for seven goals against, but. I would imagine for the most part he's taking on the third line and the fourth line. He's not, you know, especially in home when you can make the second or the the last substitution. I would imagine he's not going to be taking on the the first and second line pairings uh, too much as opposed to being, you know, on the road. So my favorite player, Drew Darty, takes a penalty for slashing Steve Ott. Um, oh, Steve Ott. Yeah, Steve Ott, which we'll get into that later. Nice milestone for him to finally uh, break through. But uh, Kevin Shattenkirk at the 16-minute mark gets a power play goal. His hammered fifth, it. Yeah, fifth uh, nice, awesome passing play between Steen and Stastny here, yep. who get the assist. Blues may look like a real power play. Absolutely, look like the third-ranked power play on yes. this goal. You know, and if you think about that, they've now scored three goals this period. That means over the last 28, or I'm sorry, 32 minutes of hockey. They've put seven unanswered goals in yeah. on Jonathan Quick. Yeah, you're talking about, I guess technically six because the last better. one in St. Yeah. Louis was an empty netter. Yeah, so technically you're looking at that doesn't Blues happen. Exploding. Yeah, Blues don't really in the past. This is something that the Blues are very you know low scoring, yeah. tight checking. I mean, remember the the previous contest between these guys in the year was a zero zero shutout yeah. where Quick had what 45 40 stops? plus saves. Yeah, we'll do, yeah. We'll do forty plus saves. So the Blues uh, looking good, but unfortunately, uh, Chris Butler takes a uh, slashing penalty and then quickly off the faceoff, uh, Marion Gabrick gets his eighth of the year, scoring three consecutive goals against the Blues. Yep. Uh, his power play, like I said, his eighth of the year from Jeff Carter and Anzi Kopitar. So the Blues 3-1 going into the second period, you're feeling pretty good. but you got to feel good at that point. Yeah, so the Blues, if you could say you could continue to play that way, you'll be okay. Uh, unfortunately, that's not the case. So, At all. Anzi Kopitar gets a goal. He's in the slot here. And, you know, tough tough save. This is a tough save for Broder to make. I think most of these goals weren't on him. The one that sticks out, and I don't remember which goal it was. The Dwight King goal. Um, Might have been. Brodor had a beautiful poke check and poke checked it right to. Uh, Gabrick. That, which, was, the, that was the. Was uh, that the first goal? Yeah, that was the first goal. I mean, Polk checked it right to Gabrick, who was following the play. And at that point, Brodeur had no chance because he was on his stomach. But, I mean, Brodeur poke checks that puck ten times, and nine times it's going to be fine. Yep. It's just that one time where he poke checked it right to Gabrick. Yeah, so another uh, – we'll get to a couple of stats after this game, which just caused Blues fans a little angst. So, uh, and the next thing. So the Blues – Unfortunately, can't hold the lead again. So at the 15:41 mark on a power play, Marion Gabbert gets his ninth of the year, his second of the game 
from Drew Darty, my favorite player from Are you being sarcastic when you say that? Yes, okay. I just I just hate He's kind of douchey. Yeah, that's He's the, good, but he's kind of It's maybe it's that where I just that guy's just that good. He has two cups and he's a couple the, gold medals. A couple gold, you know. It's all those things where it's just like screw you, buddy. I know. And you're like, you know, 25 years old or whatever he is, 26 years old. Yeah. Maybe it's that. I don't know. I think it's the mustache and the hair. It must be. <laughs> Sorry, that's something in my head I was going to say, but I'll, <laughs> I'll let it go. He's clear to those charges, so we'll let that go. Oh! Ozzy Kovacar. All right! So we'll let that go. So, uh, like I said, Gabbard, Fidardi, and uh, Kopitar. So the Blues, 3-3. Three to three. Uh, Blues fans probably throwing their arms up. Not happy. But luckily, the STL line... Uh, sort of the STL <laughs> line, not really anymore. Yeah, I, which I it's odd. We'll on get that into line. that. We'll say Steve Otto S for Steve, maybe. Right. Well, let's, yeah. So we'll go with that. So sure. Leroy gets a beautiful backhand goal here. Uh, less than about thirty seconds later, at the sixteen seventeen mark, his eighth of the year from Tarasenko. Tarasenko hits him while he's streaking into the zone yeah. and a beautiful backhand. Over, that was a beautiful goal over. Uh, the uh, blocker side of Jonathan Quick. So Quick has looked average these two games against the Blues. You which know what? What I found is something nice to see. I agree, and something that I found interesting is, even though the Kings clawed all the way back, is I'm not sure how many other teams besides the L.A. Kings, once your team was down three nothing as early into the game as they were, would have stuck with their goalie and not made a change. Yeah, that's true. Um, just because at that point you have to think it's just not going to be Jonathan Quick's night. And then when they cough up the lead that quick again after pulling even, you have to think they're not going to recover. They're yeah. not going to be able to fight all this way back, take that hit, and not have a setback and just go, oh, God, here we go again. So the Blues, 4-3 to three going into the third period. Um, pretty good record to my knowledge. Uh and so, unfortunately, didn't last that long. 20 no. seconds in, Jeff Carter comes in and gets a pass on Anzi Kopitar and then hammers home on basically a two-on-one play where he outweights Broder. Yep. And like that, it's literally like you. I just got sat down to get ready for a third period, and it's 4-4. Four four four. Four. And you're like, okay. And right then and there, I made the comment, which maybe doomed us, but I was like, nope, not going to happen tonight. Yeah. Um, and I believe I was out uh, – I think I passed out here because this is a late game. That's so funny because I, I passed out for the tying goal. So when I, I woke up, it was 4-4. So I, so I think I fell asleep here and missed this goal. So Jake Muzzin gets a power play goal, his third of the year at the 8.58 mark. Yeah, I just rifled it. From Carter and Kopitar for seeing it. You know, it was just a blast on the point. Yeah. Uh, this next goal is, what are you the, gonna do? is the goal that uh, everybody, everybody was kind of like freaking out about. Well, how, it's there's just no freak, need to freak out about this goal. It's just like, a freak goal. What are you going to do? So what are you going to do? The 12, 12-06 mark, Dry King is his fourth year from Jarrett Stoll. So this is basically the Blues, after a whistle for an offsides on LA Kings, yep. they start at center ice, or the puck is with center ice. Uh, puck's against the boards pretty much right after the red line. Puck is dumped in uh, end-on-end and takes a bounce, takes a crazy hop on Brodeur, and Brodeur is playing a kind of a short hop, and it just hops over his shoulder and goes yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, dude. If you want to get crazy on that, you can, but Brodeur played that puck right. You know, and I mean, it's a crappy goal, but you can't hang that on him. Like, what are you going to do? There, there are just times where the puck is going to take a goofy bounce. And that was the one when that happened. I was like, it is not meant to be tonight. Yeah, so like the, it's just not as as much as things broke St. Louis's way on Tuesday, they broke the other way on Thursday. So a couple of stats coming out of this game. Um, the Blues. That's last what happens. The Blues lose uh, six to four. So after being up, and they wound up blowing it. So um, L.A. Kings three for six on this uh, on the power play of this game. That's the stat that stuck out to me. Like that can't. There happen. was so many interference calls called in this game. Yeah, it really. That uh, it's at some point, it is your responsibility as a player to read what's happening in the game, and, and to know okay, they're going to call this tight, and things that I normally think I should be able to get away with, I'm not going to be able to. That's not to say don't play hard, but I would say by the third or fourth time, 
that interference was called on both sides, you should be able to key in on the fact that they're really watching out for that. You cannot give a team, I don't care if it's the Kings, the Blackhawks, or the Florida Panthers, you can't give a team six power plays. Mm-hmm. And expect to win. I mean, No, uh, especially not when you just saw them two nights before. So they're already fairly familiar with you. Now you're giving them six chances on the power play. They're going to convert. They're going to. Yeah, so the other thing that was uh, of note um, yeah, it was a very physical game, and the Blues are greatly out hit here, which came up to the you know a lot of fans. You know, you want a finesse team that scores more goals, and we have a gritty team. And then then when we have a finesse team, yep. a more finesse team that has very little grit, you want a team that has more grit. I heard a great quote from Ken Hitchcock regarding that, mm-hmm. and it was that when your opponent's hit numbers are higher than yours, it's because you have control of the puck more. And that's really smart. I mean, that's it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very physical game, and it was established very early that the Kings were not going to let the Blues skate around them like they did on Tuesday night. But that being said, even with that physicality, you took a three nothing lead. Yep, and then you took a four three lead. the The thing that this team still can't do, and We'll talk about it even more when we talk about the San Jose game is they cannot put a team away when they're down. They don't have that killer instinct. And as Armstrong said last spring when they got ousted by the Blackhawks after being up two games to nothing, you've got to be able to put your foot on their throat and crush them. Mm. And this team still doesn't do that. Yep, which is... I'm willing to give it time. I'm trying to be the patient. And I mean, but unfortunately it's been like that for like two plus years. I agree. It's one of those things where I want to wait till, and you know what? I think wait till the like March and April. That speaks to a bigger problem with this team because yes, we have injuries right now, but not a ton and not to guys that should matter that much. The fact is the core of this team Mm -hmm. has been together for four five years now. Mm-hmm. It's not like these are new issues. These are the same problems that crop up year after year after year. And at some point that has to be addressed. And I don't think that that's a coaching philosophy problem. I don't know what the problem is and I don't know how you fix that. You know, as an athlete and you and I both played sports at various competitive levels, you either have that drive and ability to close out an opponent or you don't. Mm -hmm. And this team, you know, has shown that it's resilient. It's shown that it can come back like it did on Tuesday, but it continues to falter when they should shut the door. You know, when you have a team down 3 nothing, I don't care how early in the game it is. I don't care that there was still 40-plus minutes of hockey left. You close the door on that game, and you beat that team 4-1, to 5-2, to whatever it may be. There's no reason why that game should have been 6-4 to for L.A. There's no reason why that game should have been 4-3. Now, Hitchcock said, like, if you score three goals on the road, that, that has should, to be that a should be enough. That has to be a win. Like he, and then the other uh, thing that came out of this, where uh, the Blues were on the well, Blues fans put it that way, were on the trade Petro bandwagon. That he was. Uh, I mean, he's he's uh, on rough. for five of six of the five of the six goals he's on the ice for. You know, there's been a couple of goals this week where it seems like he's been directly in the way of our goaltender. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Um, Look, man, everyone's going to have a bad spell. And I certainly think that that Petro is not playing his best hockey right now defensively. But the the people who want to knee-jerk react and say trade Petro, you're just stupid. You're just dumb. You know, you don't get number 1 defenseman. No, man. And there are a often. handful at most 
a handful of defensemen in the National Hockey League that I would probably take over Petro. Yeah. I mean, offhand, I would say uh, Suter. Um, Doughty. Doughty. Um, outside Subban. of that. Subban, maybe. P.K. Subban, yes. He has his moments. Um, but outside of that, man, there's, there's, there's really not a lot. Um, our, our defensive core top to bottom is as strong as any in hockey. It yeah. really is. It's a, it's a top five defense. I mean, and at the end of the day, look, you're going to have your, your ups and downs. And right now Petro's just not playing that great, but that is where you need your players like Bo Meester, Shattenkirk and Shattenkirk, who, by the way, is I think probably playing as good as anybody on the team right now. But that's where those guys need to step up and, and pick up the slack for Petro, knowing that he's just not on his game right now. Yeah, so he's struggling with who knows what. But in the last couple of games, uh, he is technically on the team. If you look into the stats for a plus-minus, he's uh, mi- he's a minus 10, the worst on the team. So, But he's also longer than most minutes, I bet. Too. Yeah, so who knows. So I think – obviously I see it. Like I saw a couple of Twitter uh, – Sure. Couple of conversations between a couple of people that I follow. Um Basically saying that uh, one saying Petro is awful that <coughs> may not trade him but he needs to improve his game and then yet he does but yet he's had the best if you look at the advanced stats or fancy stats that he has like the best uh, one of the best course here Fenwick's on the team so our possession stats basically so it's a it's a tricky situation so obviously we see something with our eyes that is wrong but the stats are showing some stats are showing that he's actually still playing at a pretty decent like level. Anytime anyone wants to bitch about Alex Petrangelo, I just want you to remember that we drafted Eric Johnson with the number one overall pick. And he you was could always Petros have him four. back. Yeah. So um let's go into the San Jose game. Uh, Do we have to? Yes. Awesome. Uh so the first period is marked with uh I think the Blues really outplayed the Sharks. Uh yeah. there's a couple of goals, uh not goals, but a couple of plays where Tarasenko stole the puck outright from Vlasic and oh, yeah. Latera right in front, and then uh, Yemi was on his game. The Blues had didn't have many shots; only had eight shots that period. But they were all strong. But shots. I would say six of the eight were legitimate, legit chances. score chances. Yep. Uh, Petro had a good one. Backs had a couple from the wing. Yeah, uh, Tarasenko had a couple of plays where he was threatening. Like I said, he still does that extra move here and there, which as he's gone gone about this season, I've noticed he's done less and less. He, after the New York Rangers goal, he was like that a lot, deking and trying yeah. to beat around the whole team. But I've seen him do the one move, maybe one move, and then fire the puck. Which is great. Because he has that like lightning quick shot that could surprise goalies, which yep. uh, the, like, the Edmonton game, yeah. that goal, I really like. So the first period, nothing really happening. Very strong physical game. Uh, Jake Allen is back in net for this one, and this is one that he would like to have back. Indeed. 10.47 mark, oh. Andrew uh, Desjardins with his second of the year from Justin Braun and uh, Ty McGinn. Basically, this is the fourth line uh, for them, and Petro has him marked perfectly. There's nothing else he can do. Yep. Skating down the left wing, and he throws a really bad angle shot towards the net, and I, I, Get your stick down, kid. Um, it was it actually was a little above his pad. Believe it or not, he had a stick on the ground, but he just wasn't square. He was really awkwardly positioned. Yeah. In my in my opinion, I mean, I'm no goalie or goalie coach or anything, but he looked really kind of. It wasn't square. I mean, he no. was, I mean, Desjardins was flying in, but not not to the point where you. That's, weren't, a, that's a shot you have to have if you're yeah, an I, NHL starting goaltender. You have to have that shot. And the thing I really liked that Darren Pang really was giving it to Jake Allen. Yeah. For the rest of that period, was saying every time they showed the replay, he was like. That's a, he's like, yeah, Jake would love, probably tell you he'd like to have that back, but that is something you, it's like, you cannot have that as an NHL goaltender go in on you. No. That's, he's like, that's deflating to your team. And he was, I mean, not like hardcore giving it to but him. But it's the truth. But he was for, wasn't playing the Homer role, like, oh, you know, like that just tends to go in. The Blues have to get that one back. Yeah. No, he kind of you know, went into it a little more saying that's the one he has to have. That's something that, Jake as young goaltender is gonna have to learn to do if he wants to be an NHL goaltender, and I like that. I love that he did that. Which, if we can pause on the game for a minute, mm-hmm. I've noticed over the last, I would say, couple weeks, there's this weird undercurrent in social media with the Blues fans where they don't like that Darren Pang calls out Blues players, and they like. I heard a couple people go, "He's so damn negative on our team," and I was like, "No, he's not." <laughs> 
but he's he's legitimately educating people on hockey. You know, if you want a guy who's going to be a homer for homer's sake, that's fine. I get that. But there's nothing wrong when something bad happens with your announcer going, boy, that's just a bad goal. Because it was. You know, he's not saying that Jake Allen was crap. He's not saying that our team is awful. But the fact is that Jake Allen should have had that goal. And I think Darren Pang is a phenomenal color commentator. Mm -hmm. I think the only guy in hockey who I enjoy listening to call games more than Darren Pang is Doc Emmerich. Who's the lead, who would be a lead anchor. Who's the lead anchor. If, if, if Doc Emmerich and Darren Pang are together doing a game, I don't care who it is. I'm watching that game. Mm -hmm. Just because I think those guys, number one, genuinely love the game and are educated and intelligent about the game and will share knowledge about the game while you're watching. Mm -hmm. And that's all that Peng does. He's not negative because if you listen for every negative thing he may say, he'll say something positive as well. But he, he talks intellectually and insightfully about the game of hockey as he's, as he's calling and doing color for the blues. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't think you have to have a color guy who's going to tell you that you're eating a bowl of ice cream and you're eating a bowl of crap. Yep. So that's my sidebar on Peng. So, like I said, that was a weak goal. Um, as we get into this game, I think he, I think Jake Allen did bounce back. I do too. And had, and had, wanted having a pretty decent game overall. He wanted to get the number two star, but. Let's uh, get into the what else happened. At the 14-29 mark, uh, my boy Patrick Berglin is fourth of the year from Alex Petrangelo and Dimitri Yaskin. An awesome backhander. By the way, this line is my surprise infatuation of the week. I think uh, that Stav- Yaskin, we'll the, yeah, Stasny, Stasny, and Berglin, there's some magic there. Yeah. I think those three work really well together. I think Yaskin and Stasny in particular, I played really well. Have great chemistry, and I think maybe we finally found that winger for Stasny, which might you know alter you know any kind of trade plans. There's a couple of things I well we'll talk about after yeah. the game, and even heard. and I think that I think that Berglin fits in well with those two. Mm-hmm. I think that all three of those are a really good complement to each other, and you've seen it both in the LA game and in the San Jose game that they just are meshing very nicely. Mm-hmm. And even though we didn't come away with wins in either of those games, that was probably the biggest shining moment Take that away, I saw yeah. that I was like, wow, those guys really are meshing well as a unit. Yep. I thought that their line, uh, like Stasny, was, you know, like you said, just been playing well overall. Yep. So uh, he's kind of kicked himself in the gear since uh, uh, Hitchcock called him out. Yeah, I think he's had a lot better shifts, a lot better games. I agree. Uh, so this one uh, kind of blew up our, our friend uh, uh, Tyler Atwood over at the Beyond Checker Dome. Oh, yeah. A lot of people were hitting him up when this happened, so I thought it was funny. I mean, he, he took it well, which I thought was funny. But uh, at the 1721 mark on a breakaway, Steve Ott. Who? Get Steve Ott. I'm sorry, who? Uh, Steve Ott. Okay. Gets his first of the year, his first as a blue in 55 games. Steve the Pirate. It's from Maxime Lapierre, who sprang him, and Ian Cole, who's back in on this game. When this happened, by the way, I, I, in my gut, the last couple games, because he's been really close on the last the, couple games. When he was on the, like, Latera, Terrasenko yeah. line, he was. He had a couple close. of really good chances. When, when I saw them spring somebody on a breakaway. He was flying too, man. I was like, is that hot? And then once I saw it was number nine, I'm not going to lie. I stood up in my living room like, come on, come on, come on, come on. I just like willing it to go in. I was like, come on, dude. This is your chance. You're on a breakaway. There is no one around you. Just bury it. And I was so go. happy for him. And he kind of, it's funny thing is like he kind of fanned on it. Oh, like, totally. He, he, he like fanned on it, which like kind of threw off Niemi. <laughs> if he had, if he had hit it solid, I think Niemi has that save. Yeah, which he fanned on it, and it goes in, and just seeing the reaction from the bench and everybody like, and his reaction, everybody just really. You happy would have thought him. that it was an overtime winner in the playoffs. Yeah, it was great to see. So the Blues take a two to one lead going to the third period, and I gotta admit, I think the Blues overall were playing pretty well this period. I agree. And there's a minute and a half left in this period, 
and the Blues are having pressure in their end, in uh, the San Jose end, and getting shots and not yeah. allowing them to pull the goalie, which is yeah. awesome. So unfortunately, they make it about the 30-second mark. They finally break out. What did your wife say? And then my, and this is, mind you, around the minute and a half mark. My wife's like, we're at a friend's house watching this and uh, hang out with some people, and she was like, like, oh, you guys are going to be happy now that the Blues like got a win now. And yeah. and I was like, oh, I was like, hang on, babe. It's still a minute and a half left. And she was like, oh, okay. You know, and then I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, why'd you say that? And then, of course, at the 1939 mark, Mark Edward Vlasic gets his fourth of the year from Joe Thornton and uh, Milker Carlson. So basically, uh, shot from the point where Jake Allen had a ton of bodies in front of him, didn't even see it. I scared my dog with this one, by the way. Yeah, I, I yelled a couple of obscenities in the base. Oh, I did too. While, I- while sitting with a baby to my, about five feet to my right, I'm sitting there yelling. I'm like, oh, sorry. sorry my sorry. dog thought that I, that she did something wrong. So I think I yelled a couple of really loud explosives and she was like, what I do? What I do? Yeah, so not good there. And then, so they tied up. We go to overtime. Um, back and forth here and then, uh, Alexander Steen is in the, going into the zone and loses control of the puck. Yeah. And as uh, I believe this is Couture was going to break out for a potential breakaway because Steen was like pretty much the defenseman on this play. Cause yeah, he was the trailer. Trangelo was moving in, and I believe uh, Bo Meester was kind of moving in as well. Yes. And unfortunately, a penalty was taken. So this is the third power play for San Jose. San Jose has not taken one penalty during this game. You know what I thought was weird for a minute was when they first called this penalty, I thought he pointed to the goal like he was going to award a penalty shot. Because mm-hmm. it was really close. Which I said, I even said, I was like, oh, is that it? Okay. Just Because he was, play. I mean, really, had had Steen not waved at the puck to try to, to bat it um, and Couture not stepped on his on his stick, He's off to the races on a breakaway from his own blue line. Like he would have had three quarters of the ice by himself. Um, and I really like, there was a minute, minute where I was like, uh oh, uh oh, I think that's a penalty shot. And it wasn't. They ended up getting a power play, but you know, I don't know if you're seeing if you can do anything different there. Um, it was anyway. just again, when we talk about this, the blues just kind of seem snake bit right now. You know, things that normally break their way are not right now. And this was just another case where, you know, the Blues are coming in. They're on a rush. There's about a minute left or a minute and a half left in overtime. Everything looks good. And there's just a pass behind Steen and he falls trying to get it. And the Sharks could be off to the races. And so they get tripped up. They get a power play to four on three. Yep. So the, uh, Blues are on trying penalty kill, and Brett Burns with a blast from the point. It was set up on a tee for him by uh, Pavelski. At the 422 mark, Brett Burns is 10th of the year from Joe Pavelski and Logan Couture, and the Blues fall 3-2. to two. So two blown leads in three nights. Blues fans up in arms. And again, I think if you if you combine the time on the clock with both the third period tying goal and the overtime goal, you still have less than a minute of gameplay. Yeah, it winds up being, uh, yeah, a couple minutes total, like barely a minute or so. So the Blues wind up uh, losing, so they go finish up the road trip in Colorado tonight, the 23rd, in Colorado, like I just said. Then they come back home after the little Christmas break against the Stars and the Avalanche and finish up the year in Nashville on the 30th. No, no Christmas, no, no Christmas Eve, no, no New, New Year's, Year's Eve game. Which Then the fast, the big thing was before the realignment, I would guarantee the Blues played the Red Wings every year. Yep. It's kind of like a tradition type thing Uh where they played either here or in uh, Detroit. It's always one of those things where uh, when me and my wife were still dating, that it's be kind of like we our New Year's would revolve around that. Get a pizza, relax, watch the game. She'd fall asleep. I'd stay and play video games about 1 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) So So romantic. Yeah, I know. That's how we we roll around here. So. so that's about it for game recap. So yeah. any kind of news this week. Um only thing I really of note, uh Terry Limbaum was sent back down. Um they're gonna give Ian Cole the chance, it looks like. You know, so uh I'm fine with it. I mean You think I, that they're giving Cole a chance to to prove that he's good to train him out? It could be, you never know. I I, th- I think eventually you gotta 
just like with Eric Johnson, eventually you just got to cut ties. Like if it's not working out, it's not working out. I don't care if he's the cheap or not. cheap or cheap or not. You eventually yeah. get somebody. There's still rumblings about Boston. I've heard a couple of things, but nothing I think I I would consider concrete. So I heard that the Boston scouts were back at the last two games. Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard that one, but I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, a lot of a lot of fans are speculating different things, like from Luke Cheech, Marchand, even Erickson. The new one I heard the other day, which was uh, on one of the forums, which I thought was hilarious. So go to STL Today forums, you want to see this one, which I thought was oh, fantastic. It made me laugh at work, so that's always good. Um, it was Petrangelo and Cole and Yaskin and maybe somebody oh, else. You can stop now. Oh, I know, but I just want to tell you, because I think it's funny, for Marshawn, Lucic, and Hamilton. No. I know. I thought it was funny. I was like, yeah, that wouldn't work. So thanks, though. Because I think the, one thing, cap numbers don't work, too. Yeah. Or they were close. But it's like you're trading our defensemen, so everything's on Shattenkirk now, which he's playing good this year, but he hasn't proven that he could handle the load, basically. Okay, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to do that the, crap. So. The rumor that makes the most sense to me, even though I, I'm not – the fan in me doesn't like it. The hockey guy in me understands why it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Oshi for um, Marshawn or yeah. Erickson or whatever it is? One for of Louis, guys, I think Louis Erickson. Louis Erickson is the one that's because of, I think the numbers are comparable. I think it's the exact same salary, yeah. so that's the only thing that um, makes it makes sense. But you know, it's whatever. So I, I, mean, I get that the reality is that the trade value for Oshi is probably better than the actual product on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've said for years. That Oshi's value comes in marketing dollars more than it does in actual on ice production. Not that he's a bum, mm-hmm. but but, yeah. but he's that guy that I think on any team, let alone St. Louis, but on any team, you can build marketing campaigns around him. He's a good looking kid, and soccer moms know who he is. Yep. Um, and I also get that in the grand scheme of things, with the players that we have coming up for contract. There's players that are going to have to be be cut loose. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just going to be. Eventually, there's going to be a there's going to be something. I would. Tarasenko is going to make a lot of money in the offseason. In the summer, kids. something's going to have to happen just because of the cap is going up at the same time. Not that much. Not enough to you know solidify everybody that's on the team. Yeah, because right Tarasenko is going to get a pretty good raise. Yeah, he'll get a solid raise. He ain't going to like no seven mil. What people are talking no. about? No. Like he'll probably get it, but he'll get up to what all the other guys are making. I would say I wouldn't be surprised if it's in the four range. I was going to say three. Between, or, three I was going to say three and a half, four. I would say cap him out around five if he's lucky. That's lucky, but out. that's a lot. That's a big jump, and I think that might be like a precedent that maybe Armstrong doesn't want to make. Um, I agree, but I it's going to be determined by how he finishes this year and, and how this team finishes its campaign. Yep. If he continues his rise and say he finishes with 40, 50 goals and this team makes it to the conference finals or the Stanley Cup final, mm-hmm. you have to make that deal. Yep. Lock him up. If, he, if it doesn't, then yeah, I think three to four. But you, I think he's very aware, as the team is, that he's the future of this team. Yep. So it's very interesting. So a couple of things to note for the Blues. A couple of holiday videos out there. They put out there a little deck the halls thing, which I thought was funny. I thought it was good. It was good. And then I didn't. People watch made the too one. much of a deal about the fact that David Backus wasn't in it. Yeah, it's probably when he had his face melting off from all the uh, right. different things that happened. I bet you that's when it was shot. Uh, another thing that was out there was the I don't know if you saw it, the Home Alone thing. Yes. You see that? I didn't watch it all the way through because uh, I have really bad reception at work, and I had time to watch it. So I had like Schwartz and Shattenkirk in it real quick. The rest of the time it's about Louie, you know. Yeah. So it was a two little funny things. A lot of teams are doing it. I thought yep. that my favorite one was the Pittsburgh Penguins did the uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. Did you see that? Yes. It was. I thought that was All really right, good. Speaking actually. of things that teams have done, and let's just let's just touch on this for a minute because of the absurdity of it. Have you seen the horribly bad? Workout video that the Chicago Blackhawks did for Taves. For Taves. Uh, yeah, Taves. Yeah, yeah. They're trying like an eighties, like you know, whatever thing they're trying for. It was it's a thing. I don't understand how this team continues to do just borderline things. Yeah, I things. got you. It's it's very interesting. Yes. Yeah, I, it's one of those things where I, it was okay. It was a thing. But yet, 
it's working because as of today, it was announced that uh, all Blackhawks are now officially in the lead for. Uh, but that has I don't, I don't I don't think that has anything. To do it with has nothing to do with it. But I'm just saying like that has to do with all the bandwagon Chicago fans. And your bandwagon Chicago. I'm sorry, you are. I live there, and you can tell me whatever you want. You can tell me all day long how you were fans before 2009. BS. You weren't. Some are. I'll say that there are die- some. There are diehards out there, but I'm saying a good majority that's out there now weren't fans until that nope. cup run. Absolutely not. I mean, because if you were, you wouldn't have. You would have had all your games on local TV. You would have. Uh, you would have been selling out. Yep. You would have been selling out. And that's the key. Like the TV thing, you can say what you will about your old owner. I get it. He was a colossal douchebag who didn't care about your team. He was all about the Bulls. The fact remains, I went to so many Hawks games where there were maybe ten thousand, dude, maybe seven thousand. Yeah, not good. When I can roll up five minutes before a game and buy a seat on the glass, that's bad. And I'm sorry, and I'm, I'm not saying that there's not bandwagon blues fans, and I'm not saying that the blues haven't had their lean years. I'm not, because God knows we have. Mm-hmm. But there is a whole generation of Blackhawk fans who insists that they are lifelong Blackhawk fans, and I call BS because I know it's a lie. And there's, um, I'll, I'll even throw this into a little, little direction, little stuff too. Uh, there's all now, like you said, generation thing. That's why it got me thinking. There's a generation of let's go a little direction for um, sport wise, like Cardinal fans. Sure, who don't know what who only know October. Oh yeah, baseball, which is like in the '90s, man. Few and far between. Like you have one or two here and there, and then but yet they still drew. You know, I remember. Was it '96 or '97 when we went to the NLCS? Six. I want to say six off the top of my head. Yeah, against the Braves and choked on it. Um, and I remember that. What? That was the first time they had been back to the playoffs since '91. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, a while. Been a while. You're and you're right. The uh, playoffs and the uh, seem almost a a right now and a pr- not necessarily a privilege, but almost a a guaranteed right as Cardinals fans. To, and you know whatever we won't get too much, but it just reminds me of like well, something like that. But remember, we're only what fifteen years removed from the Blues being twenty four plus years consecutive in the playoffs. Yeah, so I mean we've I mean it's been up and down so. Uh, so we'll just, not no real segment this week. We're just gonna me and Chris just. I just want to thank everybody for yeah, man. It's been, been a great year. It's been an uh, awesome year. We basically relaunched everything back after the uh, Olympics in February. So yep. we've been back pretty much since February, and obviously back slash restart. Sure. Uh, and then Chris has come aboard to be full time uh, uh, host along with me. So and. Uh, it's been pretty awesome. We've grown by leaps and bounds. Uh, a lot of more fans, like our, our Twitter thing has been fantastic. The interaction I have with a lot of people. Um, you know, Melissa has been a big help on that, especially, but you, boy, you guys love Melissa. Uh, but and what's not to love? Let's be honest. Yeah, correct. But there's a lot of people that have, uh, helped us out. So. I can think of a lot of things on her I love. <laughs> Two things. Uh, three, four. Yeah, you can keep going into it. So anyway, but, uh, that's one of them. Collect myself. Okay, go. And just help from like Jeff Ponder is a tremendous help getting everything relaunched and helping yeah. get things kind of squared away. Everybody who's been on the show, uh, from Jeff to Mike Pepping. Yep. Um, we've had the guys from Beyond Checker Dome on as well. So, and we look forward to, we're going to have some, uh, I keep saying it, but unfortunately just with the holidays, um, we're going to have some people on. Uh, I still need to get Dominic on and we'll go over the games and how, Islanders have done, and eventually we're going to have Mike Morangi is going to be on. Cool. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can track him down after the World Juniors. That'd be awesome. And then we're going to just a recap of the World Juniors because that is that starts the day after Christmas, the yep. 26th. Um, the Blues' uh, big prospect Robbie Fabry 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 is on Team Canada. Um, the other Blues prospect is on Team Russia, uh, Ivan Barbashev. Yep. So Barbershop two- got a little talking about on uh, NHL Network Radio yesterday. I know that they did a feature on him. Um, like I saw NHL.com had a little something yeah. as well. Um, and Fabry was actually until yesterday was on a line with potential number one pick Connor McDavid. 
Um, the uh, Ottawa Senators loaned one of their guys out, Curtis. I Le- saw that Lazar. Lazar. Yep. Was and he became captain of the team Canada and was put on that line, so it shifted. So Faber got moved down to the third line, but uh, that's a good thing to see there. So, yeah. Once again, thank you to everybody. For everything that you've uh, done, by retweeting stuff, talking about us, listening yeah, to man. us, um, things, it's been, it's uh, things, been awesome. To, things to have gone extremely well, especially over the last uh, you know a couple weeks, and we really love the doing this. I mean, it's something that me and Chris, you know, definitely look forward to when we can get you know absolutely here and do it. It's something we like talking about. You know, we talk about it without the mics, so you might as well you know record it and it's put it truth. out there. That's Sad the part truth. is, we probably have, we might even have better, actually, more in depth talks too. But you just, it, there's a, you know, other words thrown around. That we yeah, tell, a lot know. of not safe for uh, audio words. Yeah, and so um, I tend to cuss like a sailor when I'm not on a microphone. Yeah, so we try, I try to keep it, uh, you know, nice and easy here for everything. So, um, so the tease I had for next week, I want everybody's votes out there. Uh, we're bringing it back next week. Your everybody's favorite segment. The Blues Hall of Shame. Yeah. We'll have a new inductee next week. Inductee three. So uh, previous inductees include Patrick Laleem and uh, Eric Brewer. So, <laughs> Everyone's favorite defenseman, Eric Brewer. So we're going to have. Do we, uh, need a, do we need to make it a forward this time? It didn't make it anything. I mean, there's no like qualifications. So if you sucked, you're pretty much going to be qualified. So it could be. What about coaches? We said everybody. We talked about this. It's and whatever you guys want. I mean, anything from Blues, you can have a goalie from any era, defenseman from any era, forward from any era, and that includes the GMs and coaches. Which, by the way, I even throw owners in there if you want to do it as well. True. Shout out to, and I don't know his real name. Because he doesn't have his Twitter registered by his real name, mm-hmm. but there's a guy on Twitter who is following us now, both personally, us personally, and the the uh, the show page, whose Twitter is Mike Keenan sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I love that. it. Every time it pops up, I just laugh and go, ha ha. Yeah. Yep. So that's pretty awesome. So uh, that'll be back next week. So um, I also put this out on Twitter for get your votes in. Give us some suggestions, and we'll take it in there. And then if we take your person, we'll give you props and credit. I mean, Chris will discuss this probably in length. We're watching the game tonight, and we'll, we'll have some We'll name. send Melissa to your house to give you a great big hug. Yes. Yeah. No, we won't. Uh, no, we won't. That's <laughs> not in the budget. <laughs> no, not, not in the budget. budget. Not, definitely checking not in the budget. With, che- checking with uh, – fin- no, not in the budget? Okay. No, okay. Finance yeah. says no. And that's me. So, no. Correct. <laughs> so, it's definitely not in the budget. So, uh, let's wrap it up. So, if you'd like to get us – a hold of us that is uh, on Twitter at Blues Hockey NHL. Also personally at JPM Blues Fan Twenty One. I'm at Hossapalooza. And also, if you'd like to get a hold of at my talking to uh, our lovely, uh, I guess spokesperson, spokesmodel, yes, spokesmodel. Uh, Melissa Nicole. So at, at STL Melissa Nicole on uh, Twitter. And I believe it's also the Instagram yep. as well. And then if you would like to look her up on um, Facebook, that is, is Melissa Nicole is her fan page. It's one, it's M E L I S A. It's one L one S. And she apparently has some big news coming up soon too. Yep. So, which I said last podcast, which she is looking to get a calendar kind of going. Yep. So um, right now she's just trying to take in orders via um, her Twitter page. Which, by the way, she sent me a prototype of the calendar as a Christmas gift. I highly suggest investing in one. 12 months of goodness. Yep. So that will be displayed down here once we in the, on our studio slash our basement. So it will be uh, – Remind me. I'll bring it over uh, next week and we can make it the official team calendar. There we go. And so go ahead and hit her up. And then once she gets enough orders – I have an order in for an extra one, and that we will get a autographed one away. Ah, and we'll talk about. What do you think? I'm like a promo guy. I'm rubbing off on you. Learn, learn from the best. What can I say? So that's what we'll kind of have going on uh, in the future once that happens. Yep. So uh, like I said, let's see there, there. If you like, get hold of us also on Facebook, uh, Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, like us. Another thing which I never really bring up, which uh, I finally looked at the other day, that we have actually had some ratings on iTunes. Rate us on the iTunes. Yeah, we have a couple ratings, which and they all were five stars, which is fantastic. So I appreciate everybody who's gone out there and done that. Uh, go out there and do get a couple more. I like to have. I dare someone to rate us with five stars, and the only review is what it do. 
I, I want to see that happen. Yep. If somebody does that, I will. We will read it next week. If somebody does that, you put in your whatever your it says, five stars. What it do? Yep. You do it. We'll read it next week. You hear it right here. I like the. I like to get ten. You're gonna get us ten. Ten reviews by next. We have four right now, so that means we have six. Nice. So if we have, uh, you know, ten reviews next week, you know what? I'll take a picture without my pants on. No, I'm joking. No, that is not going to happen. That is not. So, how about this? I have something that I have holding on to. All right. Anybody who goes out and reviews us on iTunes um, this week. So, I'll, you know, unfortunately, I don't know how I'll feel to see that. So, we'll, I'll come up with something different. Anyway, go ahead and race on iTunes anyway. I'll come up with a better contest because you really can't tell who does it because you don't put the real name in. So, I really can't tell. All right. Because the person who puts it in was like, that dude's 72. All right, that like. dude's 72. So I really can't say who that is. So go out and race on iTunes anyway. Well, let's go from there. I'm intrigued. And also, um, on our website, the main thing, www.blueshockeypodcast.com, Lots all one word. Um, yeah, I threw some. She has some more that she posted on Facebook. And uh, a couple more that she didn't that I'm holding for the website. So you'll be able to only be able to find them on the website. Uh, Exclusive so content, there. kids. Yep. So there's, I think, uh, about a half a dozen up there right now. And also they're posted on the front page along with, you know, the description of the po- that week's podcast. Correct. So a lot of good stuff. A lot of goodness on the po- on the uh, page. A lot of stuff on Twitter. A lot of stuff on Facebook. Let's go win a game tonight. Let's win the game tonight. And other, st- other news that I should have... Uh, the Stitcher thing figured out sometime in the new year. So it's a matter of the time, unfortunately, and the, which cool. has been few and far between. So that will be eventually done sometime. <laughs> Perfect. I, I, just to let you know, it's, it's it's in the works. I had people actually ask me about it, which is I didn't really know about it, so I had to research it a little bit. So uh, when we eventually get the website kind of done a little bit better and also Stitcher, it might have to happen at the beginning of next season over the summer when we actually have time to do stuff. But we'll see. So once again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, happy holidays. And uh, take it easy. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Ho, ho, ho. Let's go.